Hello, and welcome to Marriage and Money, a conversational podcast about personal financial topics aimed at taking the money stress out of a marriage and turning the focus to enjoying life together. This is a weekly discussion brought to you by a seemingly financially incompatible couple bonded by the legal contract of marriage. My name's David, your favorite saver, and I'm joined today by the spender in my life, Heather. Heather, how can people contact us and get their questions or their topic suggestions highlighted on the show? Great question. People should find us and can reach us on Instagram at marriage.and.money or they can email us at marriageandmoneypodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you all how your conversations are going, what topics you'd like us to cover, um, anything you want to know. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I may have to send an email to that as well just to get my conversation starters in. Probably a good place for you to start. Well, it doesn't seem to be working elsewhere, so maybe if if I try there, I'll get a little more traction. Um, Well, we have a great show for you today. Today we're going to be talking about saving. But first, I want to check in with you, Heather. What's been happening? What are you working on these days? Sure. So today happens to be the best day of the month. I know. Is it Christmas? No. um, Oh, the the month, month. not the year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Let's Uh, not that crazy. Well, it is the weekend. Um, So today is the day that I got the bank statement and I balanced the checkbook. (laughs) I know, I know. I'm a total nerd. And I'm pretty sure I'm the only person on the planet that still does this, but it is so gratifying. I'm a total nerd. I just, and I know that I could do it any day of the week. I could go onto my bank account and do it, but I just wait till I get that statement, check everything, balance it out. Yeah, it's a pretty good feeling. So I'm all, I'm all about. Let's make sure the bank statements, like, let's make sure we know how much money is in our account. Um, I think that's a good thing. And I, this is something I never did when I was single, or I did for a little while while I was single, Heart but then eventually I, I did it. But then, but then I kind of realized, wait a second, the bank's You're never just wrong. loaded. You're like, I'm loaded. I don't need to worry. <laughs> I don't need to count my monies. I'm loaded. Got uh, it. No, and I, and I, I'm not so anal. You know, if I'm off by a dollar or less, I just plug it. I don't go back and chase it down. Um, and but that rarely happens. I, I will admit honest, it rarely happens. I will admit that now it makes a lot more sense to do it um, now that we're operating more on a cash basis. Whereas before in my single days, I used credit cards all the time. And so I got that bill once a month and I would just pay that bill. But now that we are operating purely on debit cards, we need to take a much closer look at what are the charges and where do we actually stand today. So I, I'll give you a little bit of slack on this one. And I say like I have progressed and advanced over the years I am not analog anymore you know this is a digital process for I'm me proud of that. it's online like I don't even print stuff out I do kind of miss printing it out and checking things but you know I've gone digital it's good for the environment so <laughs> I feel like I've made progress yeah you- you've you've automated a little bit more you're not you're not quite as manual as you once were. Do you think they teach this anymore? Do you think like our nieces and nephew have nephews have any idea how to do something like this? Ah, that's a good question. I don't that's know. That's a really good question. Anyway. I don't know. I I feel like well, so first of all, checks are antiquated, but people still have checking accounts to pay things with rather than savings accounts. I uh, it, it I don't know. I don't know. I'd love to. Well, this would be a great topic to hear from the audience if you. Still uh, balance your checkbook or not? Right. Shoot us an email. Right. <laughs> Especially those that are under I don't know 
under under 30 do you balance your checkbook ever did you learn to do this in school <laughs> all right well as i mentioned earlier today's topic is around saving this week um and as as I've mentioned multiple times, I am a saver. So Heather's said that most of her topics are her favorite topics, and this one is my favorite topic. I'm a saver. <laughs> We're talking about saving. I love it. Uh, I figured you'd be pretty excited about the topic today. I'm kind of wondering who who picked it out. It's pretty clear <laughs> who had the influence on this one. I must have I must have been kind of wore out that night. We decided did the the old paper rock scissors well, but uh so i'm assuming that our next episode will feature spending maybe we could so, do an episode on spending yeah I think <laughs> what does responsible spending look like i'll but, try to stay awake during this episode I, I was wondering if maybe this would be a good opportunity because we haven't talked much about why i'm a, a saver if we got into a little bit of that um if you don't mind me spending some time talking about that well, so please um so I, I am a say. Let me take you back a ways. Oh boy! <laughs> so let me take you back to the Hopefully to the you 1980s. Hopefully, cup of coffee, everybody. To so <laughs> one of my first memories about money, uh, probably my first, maybe my first, one of them, is me really wanting uh, the Fisher Price Alpha Probe. This was a spaceship uh, that one of my friends, my best friend, uh, back when I was like five years old, had, and it lit up. It had noises it made sounds it was so cool it had a little guy and a shuttle in there and i wanted it so badly and then for my birthday my grandma sent me some money i don't remember how much it was it was it you know five or ten bucks um for my birthday and i went to the store and i wanted to buy that space shuttle and then my mom told me no you can't buy the space shuttle it costs more than that and i don't remember how much it cost but it was like, oh, I was so heartbroken. And she said, you're going to have to save up your money from your birthday and Christmas and whatever, and then you can get it. And so then I got dead set on I wanted to save up my money. And I saved up my money. I just I started saving. Yay, so there's really a spender at the heart of this story. <laughs> well, not really, because once I finally had, I had, all the, I had this money, I started accumulating this money then for my birthdays and Christmases. Well, then I liked having options. So I've mentioned in previous episodes, like to me, money is about options. It opens doors and it gives me the flexibility. And that's what I was realizing is, oh, now I could, I could buy that spaceship or I could buy um, a, a few packs of that silly putty or I could buy whatever it is, right? Whatever that, that fun toy is I wanted. And I had a hard time committing to that to that one tool. So, so or the option is to not spend anything. Like that's usually what your option is like. <laughs> yeah, that's an option too. But but the point is, is that I'm not eliminating options. And so I think I have a hard time maybe narrowing options. And maybe that's part of it. Um, I, I, I also don't like feeling like I need to go without, right? So I, I like feeling like I'm choosing to go without rather than being told I have to go without. Like, it's my choice now. And so I'm a little more empowered that way. And, and, and then I also think I want my future self to thank me, right? I think about future David, and I want future David to say, hey, good job past David for for saving up um and, and then of course I'm security and risk I'm security um I, I value security and I'm risk averse as you know so anyway a little bit of background that's that's a uh, high level of why I'm a saver but um yeah so when what do you recommend when we're saving um you need to start somewhere and 
my advice to people is if they haven't started saving, they should set up with an emergency fund. Yeah. So I think the first step is you do need a little money in the bank um, in case of in case of an emergency while you're getting out of debt. So if you're in debt and you're trying to pay down debt, you do need to have a little money stashed aside. This is the break glass here, um, you know, in emergencies. Um, there, there will be surprise expenses while you're getting out of debt. That just, that's the one thing that's guaranteed in life, right? So we would recommend somewhere between $1,500 to $2,000 that you can just get to reasonably quick. Uh, I know that sound may sound like a lot of money to people, so we don't want it to be so overwhelming and that it you is can't a lot of money. save it quickly. But um, re- real- realistically, like it's a lot of emergencies are happen to be, you know, around a thousand dollars or something. So that's where we we what we recommend um, to start with. Yes. And so I I just think about things like most times we take the car in, it's almost it's maybe not a thousand dollars every time, but it's can be pretty close. And then I also think back to a time when um, we were we were renting out our house at one point and um, we were away on vacation. Everything was going great. We were having a grand, grand time. And then we got a call from the property management company saying, oh, your, your air conditioning unit, your central air just, just died and you need to buy a new AC. It's the summer and your tenants need air conditioning and we need to put it in tomorrow. And it's like, oh, crap, we, we have the expense of the vacation. We weren't planning on this, uh, this AC unit, which they were saying was going to be about $3,500. And just like out of the blue. And, and thankfully, we had that money, like you said, set aside. And we kind of still do this today. So today in our, in our account, our bank account, we do have a small savings account that we just keep a couple thousand dollars in that we can transfer immediately. So if something happens and it needs to be happened today, uh, we can transfer that money into our checking. Boom, we can cover real same day emergencies today. So um, so make sure that that money is accessible. Probably not a good idea to have the spender carried around in their wallet. <laughs> uh, probably not the best place, but it does need to be accessible. Yeah, that's good advice. Um, and but fifteen hundred dollars is a lot of money, Heather. Um, so it is. Let, let's say there's let's a say lot of things I could buy with fifteen hundred dollars. But 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 that's but not what most, we're here to talk about. Mo- most people are are scraping by. Most people are paycheck to paycheck or even running negative. So what what would you your advice be to those people? Sure. I mean, it, it is a lot of money, and I know you're very busy. But I, I mean, one way that you could do to get it is to get a part time job. Um, it doesn't need to be forever, but if you really do need to get up some cash quickly, there are, you know, you could get a part-time job just to try to get a little bit of money set up to help you for these emergencies. Exactly. Yeah. This is also something that's, that's good. Look at your expenses, see what you can carve out, get rid of, uh, eating out and, and whatnot. So once you've are out of debt, so this was when you're in debt, but once you're out of debt, now you got to beef it up. This is like getting serious. This is the legitimate emergency fund uh, that you have. Because again, there will always be emergencies in life, whether you're in debt or you're not in debt or you're tired or whatever, stuff is going to happen. So once you're out of debt, we recommend that you put three to six months of your expenses, so you're spending into an emergency fund savings account. 
and we've been closer on the six month side than the three month, but we've kind oh, of shocking. varied. <laughs> and, and I, I that's that's kind of been my influence, I'll admit. Uh, but yeah, the overall objective of, of this phase is really just to reduce overall risk. So now w- w- when you're out of debt, you want to build up that fund. So in the, in the event that you were to lose your job or suffer a medical tragedy or family family emergency, um, then, then you can do that. This isn't for vacations. This isn't to be used on a new car when, when your old one you feel like is just too unreliable. Um, this is really true emergencies. So I just feel like this really helps you be prepared so that emergencies don't ruin you. You don't want to take a step backwards into your bad habits when you get that call like we did on, hey, the air conditioner's out or, oh, the car needs four new tires. Like you don't want to have to go back into, oh, I got to take out debt to do this. You want to be prepared. Plus, I find that since we've been prepared, I honestly don't remember as many emergencies. It's probably because they don't exist. It's just, they're just not as stressful. It's not that things don't come up, but we're prepared. We've got the money. We just take care of it. And like, there's not the stress and the arguments and how are we going to handle it? It's just, it it smooths it out. Yeah. And then, and then, like you said, this can be stored in a savings account. You're not making any interest on it. It's just sitting there ready to go. Um, and I must admit, this is the thing that probably bothers me the most and the hardest part of it is having six, three to six months of expenses sitting there without interest. It's the right thing to do. It's just it hurts me a little bit on the inside to know that I have, have that m- money sitting there not doing anything. I know. But think of the security it brings you. It's like that little security blanket you- for you. You're 100% right. <laughs> now, I will say, speaking to the spenders out there, you've probably, if you haven't already tuned out, let me just confess, th- this is not fun, okay? Th- this is not fun to put money aside for emergencies. I get it. But trust me, it is so much less fun to not be prepared and get stressed out. So here's my advice to all you spenders out there. Just get or get it done. Just get it done quickly. Put it aside. Move forward so that you can focus on what you're going to buy next. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about what you're going to buy. Oh, my. Yeah, very, very predictable there. Um, And and then, so now you have your your larger three to six months emergency fund. So we're done, right? We don't have anything else we have to say for. We're good. We are good. Yeah, no, no. Discussion over. The whole point of getting that in place is so that now we can think about the future. The emergency fund is very much about the day-to-day uh, stuff that comes up that, you, that you, you're not expecting. Now, what about retirement? What about college? What about needing to buy a house? What, there's these big goals, right? Oh, you're bringing up the G word to me again. You know how my heart loves those goals. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Gotta get goals. on pages beyond that. No, you're <laughs> right. You're right. We're adults here. We have to be responsible. There is more savings. I'm sorry, spenders. Hang in there with us. Um, So, yeah, we recommend for retirement, uh, obviously, hopefully you want to retire and you don't want to work your whole life. Hopefully you can do that. Or even if you do want to work your whole life, give yourself the option to not. Good point. Good point. So we recommend start with 15% of your income and put that aside, your market, put it in funds for retirement. If you've got company you know, ways to do that. Uh, max out if your employer matches, make sure you take advantage of that. So set that aside and, and work towards, towards that goal. And then college wise, you know, if, if you have kids, 
start saving for your kids as early as possible. Don't do this at the expense of your own retirement. Um, this should be in addition to anything that you're doing for your for your kid for your own retirement. Your kids have more time to save for their future than you have to save for yours. So in this this is one of the few times you should probably put yourself first before your kids. Uh, but w when Heather and I were were looking at having kids, um, we were planning to also just do like a big lump sum up front. We were looking at compounding interest and saying, well, if we just put a, a big lump sum down right away, set that aside, then we could probably do that once, set it and forget it kind of thing. The Mr. Popeil of, uh, of college retirement plans. <laughs> so that's another option too. Um, and then, and then we talked, mentioned houses. Um, now we're talking. It's I about know. time <laughs> to buy something. Here we go. Physical assets. Heather loves buying stuff. So what? How do you buy stuff, Heather? So this um, is an area of expertise for myself. Thank you very much for asking <laughs> my professional opinion, um, especially house hunt, house shopping. It is super fun. So if anybody you know wants some help, let me know. Um, but no, seriously, when you go to buy a house. Start with at least get a 20% down payment. Um, that's a lot of money, I know, but try. Uh, that needs to be the minimum of what you go to when you're purchasing a house. I will tell you a funny story. When David and I bought our second, our house, first house together, so he owned a house when we got married. Um, so we were, we were, it was the day before we were going to close on the house and we went to the bank. We had all the money in the account, the 20% down payment. We went to the bank to get the cashier's check. And they wouldn't give it to us. And we were like, what? But it was such a large amount. They didn't have anyone at that branch with the authority to cut us a cashier's check for that amount. It was crazy. I couldn't believe it. Um, I was super stressed. So we had to go the next day, day of, totally not something we wanted to do um, to, to get the check. And it was an incredible feeling to have a check, to see a check that size. Um, uh I don't think I slept that night. I was super stressed. <laughs> how, did, how did you like seeing a check that size? You know, it's exciting to, to, <laughs> to see a check and be like, yeah, this is mine. We've worked hard for it. We've sacrificed to make this happen. Um, but then there was also a little piece of me inside that was like, oh, and now we're putting this as just the down payment of a whole big loan that we're going into. So it, it was kind of mixed. It was a little bit mixed there. But yeah, no, it's certainly exciting to, to see the progress that, that we've made. Uh, as we've been working at, at uh, abolishing debt in our lives. Um, I mean, another option is you can pay cash for a house, which yes. seems crazy, I'm sure, people, but it'd be incredible. But um, yeah, yeah, so I, renting is a total option here, right? So if you want to pay cash for a house, and this is probably what I would recommend Personally, if I were to go back and do things over again, I went to bought a house right out of college. I should have rented. I should have saved my money. I, there are a lot of expenses that I never anticipated that come with home ownership. Um, and I would have saved so much more money. And I, I ended up selling that house at a loss. And so, like, overall, I would have been way better renting um, than, than buying. But, yeah, I, I was young. I didn't know any better. <laughs> um, and... So then the, the final piece, again, now this, houses are in your wheelhouse, Heather, but also purchases. So let's say now you've, you've got all, you've got your emergency fund, you've been, you're saving for retirement, you've bought your house, and now you want to just, you want to spend some money for fun. Oh, really? Could you, could you help me understand <laughs> how can I, 
how can I responsibly sp- spend some money for fun or save to spend some <laughs> money for fun? I'm not sure we have enough time in this episode. I'll try. To, I'll try. To, <laughs> I'll try to be brief. So the biggest problem here is limiting the list. <laughs> maybe, maybe you should keep two. Oh. This is what I do. Keep two lists. One for you with everything on it that you want to buy, and then you have a shared list. Wait, you have a you have two lists? Uh, uh, don't listen to this. And then a, <laughs> a second list that you share with your saver spouse, where you spoon out the items to your saver spouse so that they don't have a heart attack. Like I seriously didn't know this list existed. <laughs> I I knew that there was a list that was spooned out to me. I didn't know there were two lists. This is. I'll never uh, tell. But the most important thing is you talk about it as a couple, about what your purchase plans are, get on the same page, communicate. You have to be aligned on this. So the big one that comes to mind for me that we did was uh, a car. So our, one of our last, well, I guess our last car that we purchased, um, your car was getting getting old, the one you normally drive, Heather. And we knew in about three years' time, we, we were looking out way in advance. We said, okay, this car... In about three years, we want to retire this car, and so we went so far as to say, what are the what are the cars, the brand new cars on the market today that we might want to buy when they're three years old? And so we went and we looked at at a bunch of cars, we looked at options, made a list, tracked values, and over time, I mean, we we kind of went overboard on this, but I, I thought that was a good way to start getting our heads in the right mindset and to start understanding how much are we gonna have to spend for this car. Well, I know it was like. I knew we were only, this was my one shot. We weren't going to buy another car for eight to 10 years. So it was like, this is a lot of pressure. I have to make make sure I make the right decision. This is a big decision. So yeah, we, we made a lot of, it's been a lot. Of we had a spreadsheet going on, tracking values and cars and model. It was, it was a bit excessive, but, but it was, it was the way we did it. <laughs> We're a bit weird like that. And then we, we saved up for a deck. Um, we, we updated our deck. Um, and then next up, uh, it looks like we, we, you have an interest in buying a boat. Is that right? You you mean boats, plural, right? There was an S <laughs> on the end of that. Maybe is is that plural? Is at that least, from that second list yeah, that I haven't seen yet? At least that's what he knows about now. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, <laughs> I will say, you know, on the little things. Sometimes it's okay to ask for forgiveness and not ask for permission. W- but I on... <laughs> I would disagree with that big, very strongly. On the big ticket items, you definitely should get on the same page. What's a little item? Yeah, that's uh, the detail. Devil's in the details there. Yeah, we're gonna have to talk offline about that one. All right. All right. So I hope uh, you enjoyed this discussion on savings. Submitters, hopefully you made it through to get to the end of this. Um, so now we want you to continue the conversation at home with your spouse. So you've heard from us a little bit about what our savings plan is, and now it's time for you two to talk about yours. So what is your savings plan today? Do you have an emergency fund? Where are your retirement savings at? Are you saving for kids' college? What big purchases are coming up? So put together a savings plan as a couple, lay out all of these different areas of what you're working on. So David, You shared a lot about who you are as a saver. So here's your opportunity to speak to the spenders out there. Why in the world should they get on board with this? Isn't it obvious? Hasn't the case made itself? No, I understand. There might be a little bit of sales needed on this for for people that that, uh, maybe are more inclined to see something and want it or to have a hard time waiting. Um, I think... 
ultimately, um, spenders need to see what's in it for them. So why do I need to save? Um, what's in it for me if I save? Because if I spend, there's something in it for me right away, right now. And I would say, what are those things you want? Do you want a nicer car? Do you want a nicer home? Do you want to have more freedom in retirement to spend more or spend on whatever you want? Um, do you want nicer vacations? Like all of these things require savings and putting together a clear savings plan. Um, and, and this reminds me a lot of, you probably heard in, in college, high school, you probably learned of the Stanford uh, marshmallow experiment. Are you familiar with that at all, Heather? Negative. <laughs> so, so like in Apparently the, the I didn't go to his fancy in the 1970s, like in the early 19, <laughs> you didn't go to Stanford. In the early 1970s, there were some Stanford psychology students, and they they did a, a study where they gave uh, they put a marshmallow in front of kids, um, little kids, and these little they were told they told these little kids, now here's a marshmallow. I'm gonna leave the room. I'll be back in in a little while, but if you can wait till I get back, I'm gonna give you two marshmallows rather than just one. And they went away and came back. Some of the kids ate the marshmallows. Some of the kids waited and got a second marshmallow. And what they found in follow-up studies was that the kids that waited and that had that, that perseverance and, and that, that saving, I would argue it's very similar to a saver mentality, um, those are the kids that ended up with higher SAT scores and had generally better life outcomes. And not to say that it's scientifically proven that saving is the better route than spending, but... <laughs> Don't worry, spenders. I'll try to find a fancy Harvard study on how spenders are better next time. But but I think the point is is that there's value in in delayed gratification and ultimately that's what that's what saving is is it's delayed gratification and I, I think um, doing that in an intentional way I think can be can be beneficial. Uh, so I think in in specifically in our relationship Heather I think this worked in that in, a, in our case I agreed to increasing our vacation and eating out budgets. Um, to a certain level once our savings goals were achieved and like once once we paid off certain debts it was like okay now let's let's up the budget on these things that you value more highly than I do right yeah I mean that's what I was gonna say I hear what you're saying I, to, to the spinners out there just trust me this will help stop the fights it re if you can get on the same page with savings then you can have the fun spending um, so just get, get it, get on the same page, reduce the risk. It's going to set you up in life. Um, you really can't do one without the other. You can't really spend without savings. Well, at least and be happily married from what I've seen. So agreed. Um, this is definitely something that will help your marriage if you can get on the same page and get on this savings train. And one of the things, uh, before we wrap up, I'd just like to comment on, I think one of the common questions uh, that, that savers also mention, and I know you've asked me before, Heather, is is how much is enough or, or too much to save, right? I think enough people overspend that I'm hesitant to tell someone they shouldn't save more. Um, in the, Most people kind of err on the side of spending than they err on the side of saving. So I would say if you're going to err, err a little bit more on the saving side. And then, but ultimately, the question is: Are you on track for your retirement and other goals? If you are, then you're probably saving enough. Still, there's no harm in saving a little bit more, as you can't always count on your current income being there forever, right? So, anyway, um, just a, some some food for thought there from uh, your friendly neighborhood saver. 
Well, thank you for being our expert saver <laughs> on this uh, conversation today. We we're lucky to have you here. <laughs> thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Oh, well, that about wraps up our conversation for today. We'd love to hear from you on how your conversations around money and your marriage have gone or to take your questions or, or topics for a future episode. So once again, you can email us at marriageandmoneypodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at marriage.and.money. And uh, thanks so much for joining us this week. And remember that whether you are a spender or a saver, your best financial life lies somewhere in the middle.